Welcome into episode 19 of the Stomp the Bus podcast. We are back talking all things ASU football, and uh, I have I have my guests back. I have my co-host back. Colton Dodgson's back on the podcast. Two weeks out in the wilderness, just eating berries and choking out rattlesnakes. Where were you, bud? Um, well, Mark, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it, uh, uh, keep it real with you here. One of the days I fell asleep, um, and just kind of slept right through it. The other day, uh, my fiance tire was flat at work. Mm. I had to go pick her up. Um, I told her I wasn't coming because I had a podcast to record. Um, <laughs> so I told her to figure it out. But, um, upon further review, I figured I would just go help her out. I tried to come back last week. Um, couldn't make it happen, unfortunately, but my, my triumphant return is here. It's an, it's an honor to be back. That's right. Well, I'm glad, glad to have you back. I was, uh, just basically, uh, going stream of consciousness in the last two episodes talking about. Nice. I, I built character though, talking essentially to yourself. Um, so I'm sure you grew a lot throughout that process. Um, if it's any consolation, the episodes with just you um, performed pretty well on the the Reddit post that I, mm. that I dropped these into. Um, so maybe you have to just fire me. Um, so that could be that could be something we explore in a in a future production meeting. And by production can I fire meeting, you if you don't get paid? And um, yeah, paid? volunteers volunteers can be relieved of their duties. You can relieve me of my post. Um, <laughs> So, I, I, uh, I think. You wish you could get fired for what Paul Pierce did. Or, no, not, not even did, but the situation he was in. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been. I, I'm, I don't recall. So I don't want to misspeak on this and have it be something terrible and me say, oh, yeah, that would have been cool. Um, and then we lose our 14 listeners. That might be optimistic. 14 <laughs> might be high. Um, but. Yeah, it's it's great to be back. I have a lot of insight to provide, as always. That's what you've come to expect from me is groundbreaking analysis. So, uh, just just all around pleasure to be back. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, uh, ASU, since you've been gone, um, they went one and well, I guess did you. Did you do an episode? Did you react to the Stanford game? Were we? Um, no, I think that I missed that one. Okay, that was one that I missed. The between reacting to the Stanford loss, the game in and which, the Colorado win. Yeah, the game in which they lost to a team that did not score a touchdown. Yeah. Um. And no, that's a then, bad loss. And, and 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 one of the themes I want to talk about this episode is had they won that game, the Stanford game. This season would feel totally different because a bowl game would be much more in reach. You know, you would have to go yeah. two and one down these next stretch as opposed to three and zero, which that's barring you know some craziness, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and I don't even with that Stanford win, I don't know how likely it would have been going. I mean, you have to go three and zero, right, in the last three games. So no, no, no. So if so we beat Stanford, if, if we beat Stanford, we'd be four and five right now instead of three. Got to it. Six. Got it. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, still with the, it would still be tough. It, it, with yeah, the trip to Pullman and then um, and hosting Oregon State, you you would have to split those and beat U of A. It would be tough, 
but that's like that's that's a reasonable thing that like could happen. Much yeah. more likely, yeah. Or yeah. like realistic, maybe like likely is the wrong word, but realistic yeah, right. certainly. Yeah. Well, as and as opposed to the current reality where you have to go to Wazoo <laughs> this weekend and then you get Oregon State at home and Oregon State they're like a borderline ranked type team. Like they're pretty good. And the only teams they've lost to were they've they've just lost to teams that are better than them. Like they they lost to that sounds really simple, but like they lost to Washington, Utah, and USC. They didn't drop a game to uh, Stanford or Eastern Michigan, <laughs> like like some teams. Um, so, and then U of A is going to be tough just because they can score a lot. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that game will be a battle of really bad defenses because holy cow! I mean, podcast. <laughs> yeah, I had a voice crack. Yeah, that was that was something, Mark. It runs in my family. Um, did you go to the UCLA game? I did go. I went with uh, I went with our mutual friend Connor. It was actually it was a pretty cool house. Like at the start of the like in, in the first half, it was really full. The stadium. I was uh, I was actually kind of surprised how full it was. Um, people emptied out. Uh, I mean. It, it was twenty-eight nothing. No, I'm sorry, not twenty-eight nothing. Twenty-eight to ten at half. Uh, decent amount of people left after that, and then it kind of emptied out. And I mean, ASU did come back, and it was Made it was a six-point game. It never really felt like ASU was going to win because ASU just couldn't stop UCLA, UCLA on the ground. They ran for four hundred and two yards. You know, that's bonkers. <laughs> that's so bad. 169 passing yards, and they scored 50 points. Yeah. Yeah. There's 69 passing yards. Oh, and by the way, uh, Zach Charbonnet, the best running back in the Pac-12, probably. Uh, actually, I think it almost definitely is him. He didn't even play. Yeah. They didn't need him. They... Yeah. Jake Bobo had a 33-yard rush. <laughs> oh, was it a rush? Huh. That's what it said. One attempt for 33 yards. That guy's a monster. I watched him play against He is Washington. good. He had three catches for 64 yards. Is he listed um, as a, he's listed as a wide receiver. I thought he was listed as a tight end, but. What does it say he had a run? I don't see. On the rush, on the box score, it says he had one rush. I don't know if it was like a pass behind the line. I'm looking at the ESPN box score and it's not showing that. I'm on CBS. I don't oh. know if it's just like a discrepancy or whatever. Yeah, okay. It, it says in the passing category that he had a catch of 33 yards. Okay, so either feet. way. Yeah. Um, At one point, he had a 33-yard game. Yeah, 97 uh, yards from scrimmage. So, But uh, regardless, I mean, Casimir Allen, 11 carries for 137 yards. I mean, a long of 75 so, that is so um, bad. Yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson, ten of ten rushes for 120 yards. Some of those were, some of those were just really good plays. Like DCR is a really good player, and he's not gonna like. I don't think he's gonna make the Heisman, but he's probably at like that next group of quarterbacks behind the ones that'll be like in the Heisman race. Um, very elusive. Didn't really. He didn't throw. He actually threw an interception on the first. Uh, their first drive, but ASU can only score a field goal on that. Um, so that 
that kind of doomed them. Yeah, they had, and then their third rusher had yeah, uh, Keegan Jones, 12, 12 rushes for ninety eight yards. <laughs> like holy cow! Yeah, if you if you subtract Jake Bobo, regardless of if that comes up as a rush for you, it does for me. So if you remove that from the equation, this average yards per carry for all four of these players was probably up around seven and a half, eight yards per carry. So when you are on average getting gashed for that that number every time somebody runs the ball, it's I mean, it's no shock that they scored fifty points with hundred and sixty nine passing yards. Yeah. So um that that's certainly less than optimal. You never want to see that. Um, but if we're going to talk about a positive, I think the game that X Valade had is just insane. They're yeah, in he was all points. over the place. They were going to him all the time. Uh, another good game from Badger, Conyers. I mean, Borgay, yeah, just, offense was, just, it just, was it just check down city for Borgay or what? Um, yeah, so no, not really. He did have some check downs, but. They were able to move the ball in, like, the second quarter, but they just weren't able to, like, catch in and score. Uh, yeah. And then that kind of put them behind and pretty much set the tone for the rest of the game. But Grant, a lot of this did come in, like, garbage time. But, I mean, look, they made it. I don't know if you could say anything was garbage time here. I mean, maybe UCLA checks out a little bit after that uh, – The 42-18 score. Yeah, see, that, that's where I think I, – the, the thing is, it is college football, though, and teams with the the, the f- clock stopping after first downs, um, it, it just – defenses are just worse, and so teams come back more often, and ASU kind of did that. Um, yeah, it was just ex like putting them on his yeah. back and carrying well, them. Yeah, and it was bad. Uh, not Badger. It was uh, Borgay directing the offense, and uh, yeah, three hundred and fifty yards. That's impressive. And I mean, yeah. if you're looking at these receiving numbers, just the targets. I mean, he targeted four different receivers at least seven times. Um, so that's impressive. I, I like that his ability to you know spread the ball around. Obviously, I mean, X Valade still ran the ball twenty times, which is crazy for a game that they were. Losing by yeah. whatever at forty-one to eighteen in the third. I wonder quarter. how many of those were in the first half. If, if there were like twelve of them. Well, I mean, even game. after even after they went up forty-eight eighteen, two of the touchdowns were one-yard runs from Valaday, which I mean makes sense. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting that he got twenty carries in a game where they were losing pretty substantially um, right. for most of it. But I mean. 92 rush yards, 89 receiving yards, two rushing touchdowns, 10 catches. That's just a monster day. Um, no, like, I mean, Valde, like, and this is why it sucks that the, uh, like, he's a good player. Like, I bet he'll be, like, uh, I, I bet he'll, like, next year, like, I could see him making the NFL. I mean, he does a lot. Like, there, he doesn't really have, like, any, like, I don't want to say any weaknesses, because, like, of course he has some weaknesses. He's a you know, but it seems like he could just do a lot for you. Like he can run the ball pretty well inside, I mean, so outside. He's like shifty enough. Yeah, um, he can break tackles, uh, and then he can you know catch out of the backfield as well. And so, you know, this is why 
we use him, and it's a good thing. Like some of the transfers that have come in haven't really hit, but he's been one of them that 100% has hit. You know, definitely. And I think that's a skill set that you see. I mean, translate to the NFL all the time. That guy who can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield, be a reliable target, six foot, two hundred pounds. I mean, it's not a huge running back, but I don't know. It's it's somebody that's there's there's plenty of smaller guys that are Yeah, and smaller guys that are shifty and, and play a role on their respective offense. So I don't and know. He's fairly really shifty too. Like he can he he can make guys miss. Um like I could see Valde next year being like a guy that like we're picking up like right now in fantasy football season because you know the first string running back on whatever team he's on got injured and so like it's him and the other guy who are getting the snaps you know he's like the undrafted yeah. free agent or something like and yeah. and you can see like he's just this ASU offense he's been like the one thing that's kind of like just I mean. Kept everything together, I guess, and obviously, like, you can't do it alone, and the results show that, but... Right, uh, and just for reference, Michael Carter, the running back for the Jets, who's kind of that dual threat guy, is a, he's a five foot eight, two 201 pounds. Right. So, I mean, to, to think about, like, he doesn't have the prototypical size or whatever it is, I think X Validate definitely has a future, and it's it's cool that... He stopped here along the way. I think he's somebody that can well, make an impact at the next level. Yeah, and he's clearly not like an elite NFL prospect because then he would have been gone by now, you know. So right, and I mean running backs. The, the good, I guess I say the good thing, but running backs, late round running backs, and undrafted guys get opportunities all the time at this position yeah. just because of the lack of. I mean, we've seen such a transition. At the pro the level, nature of the position, right, and the the beatings that they take, you know, on a game to game basis, you're not seeing a lot of teams invest premium money or premium picks yeah. in guys at the position, which makes it um, all the more feasible that he could he could stick with somebody. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. He's kind of been like the silver lining of this season, just a guy who's yeah. who's fun to watch in the midst of like. Everything that's going on, um, him and Badger, it's been cool to see Badger's development too. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see how Valaday ends the season, um, and then where he goes from here. But I think he he will get a shot at the next level. It's just the nature of the position and and his skill set seems to translate pretty well. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, you're right on about Valaday and Badger. I'm glad you mentioned he's he's been such he's been such a bright spot this season, even though you know, like you said. Has been a yeah. lot of bright spots. I mean, we're talking about a fifty to thirty-six loss where the other team ran for four hundred yards. Yeah, but I mean, Badger Badger's on pace to finish with uh, close to a thousand yards. He's at seven ten now with three games left. With the targets right. that he's getting in this offense, he should get extremely close to that thousand yard threshold. Which I mean, well, we put him at what like eighty-five receiving yards on average per game. Yeah, Which and I mean is, he'll probably get a lot of yards against Arizona just because of the nature of the way that game's going to be. Yeah, so. kind of a shootout, and I think I think he's, you know, when we came into this season, we were trying to identify who the receiver was going to be, you know, with the exodus that happened at the receiver position with, you know, Johnny Wilson, L.V. Bunkley, Shelton, all those guys transferring. Um, 
and we were we were or at least me I'll speak for myself because my prediction was a guy who hasn't even seen the field and that's like we we weren't even sure who was going to step up in this room who could it be right um and Badger has definitely done that it's been well I mean we were talking about Cam Johnson heading into yeah that's that's and, I I couldn't forget remember his name but I well, remember been, that he, we haven't seen much of him at all this season um. And look, yeah. the guys we the guys we've been talking about have been Badger, obviously. Brian Thompson continues to show up. You know, he's been a lot more involved in the offense really since Iguano's taken over. Um, mm-hmm. And he was he really didn't play that well last year, I don't think. Um, but he he's been good this year. He's contributing. And then you know Giovanni Sanders walk on. Uh, you know the the good thing about this season is he a guy like him is getting a chance to getting a chance to play, and he's not, like, he's contributing for a, a fair amount, you know. I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, 30 so. catches for 361 yards, that's about a 3.6 average. Or, uh, sorry, I misspoke on that. A little, a tick over 10 yards a catch, which is, yeah, um, which is pretty solid. It's not some sort of deep threat burner, but it's a guy who makes an impact when he touches the ball. He had five catches for 63 yards in this game. Um, an 18 yard catch. That's, that's effective stuff. My concern is, um, I, I really, and I could absolutely see this happening with the landscape of college football now. Where is Elijah Badger going to be playing next season? Right. <laughs> so well, has, he, has he boosted himself? Has he played so well that he's put himself on the radar? And you know what? It's more power to him. If he transfers somewhere, you know, he has every right to do so. Right. If he's earned that opportunity, he, you know, you, you can't knock the guy for that, especially with the uncertainty surrounding this program. If that's well, the I mean, future, then do it. But, I yeah. mean, he might have played himself to a point where he can go elsewhere. Well, he might have. So there's two things I want to go off of that. Like, um, I, I mean, he probably had opportunities to transfer last offseason. Like, uh even though he didn't contribute as much, like he was a high recruit. So he he's, I, I'd imagine he's been tempted before. Um, and then I just thought of one more thought, like if, 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 if he continues to have a connection with Borgay, maybe, maybe he's like, okay, like at least I know here, I have a good quarterback who can get me the ball. Um, and then the other thing is, I mean, I'll have to look at his eligibility real quick, but I mean, it, what if he gets NFL buzz, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's listed as a sophomore. I don't know if that's a redshirt sophomore, if he got the COVID year. I don't know if he's draft eligible. Let me check the the COVID year threw everything off in terms of, like, classes and stuff. I don't um, even know if he was here for the COVID year. But I'm just saying the way he's sophomore. playing, like, I could see the NFL being interested in, in him because he's, like, a good – He's a good route runner, and he's made some incredible catches too. Like, even yeah, some of the ones think, that like haven't counted have been very good. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he's—you never know, right? He. I don't. You have to, oh no, I agree with you on the fact that like you have to, like if you're an ASU fan, you have to prepare, prepare yourself for the possibility of that happening. Like you can't just go into. Right. Like you can't you can't assume that he will be back here next season. You can't you can't operate right. under that assumption. So we it could says, very well 
Yes, it says he's a redshirt sophomore. So. Oh, okay. So that that's interesting. So that could just, we saw we saw Frank Darby leave when he got I think and he got drafted in the sixth round. He could have stayed, but if if you're getting drafted, like I don't know, that's a tough tough thing to turn down. But he is only a redshirt sophomore, so. Yeah, is this? He's playing really well. Know. Like. Yeah, he is playing really well, and I mean, it's not like, you know, the NFL is a foregone conclusion or anything like that. I personally would be a little more worried about the possibility of a transfer, um, but I'm trying to think, Can is it like college basketball, and I don't know off the top of my head, where a player can, like, kind of dip their feet in, would I have prospects if I declared? Or I, think, like, I, I think it's kind of like that now. I, I okay. think. I'm not totally sure. Um, yeah, true. And I'm sure a lot of guys do that. I mean, why would you not? I mean, you uh, can do that with the transfer portal. Right, yeah. You I, can, I, mean, I mean, that's what Omar Norman Lott did. Different. He went in the transfer portal and then just stayed. So Yeah, definitely. Someone it, came with some NIL deal like, hey, <laughs> we'll keep you here. <laughs> yeah. See, my my concern is like this this program is so dysfunctional right now, and um, right. it's not even we we talked about uh, Sean Aguano ad nauseum at least the last couple times I was on this show, um, and I think he's performed admirably. The offense looks way better um, for the most part. Obviously, hitting a couple speed bumps. The right. the development under Borgay has been impressive. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously it's never easy taking over after your head coach has fired three games in. He's done the best job he can, but yeah. it seems like they're going to go in a completely different direction, and you're going to have to find a coach who's going to be willing to take over a team in the midst of this investigation, regardless of when that happens, uh, when ASU gets the, the notice of allegations and there's finally some movement on that front. Uh, you have to find a guy who's willing to step in and, and try to do this in the midst of all of that. And it's like, how many promising candidates are willing to do that? Um, I, I mean, it remains to be seen. Maybe there is a guy who steps in and, and takes that challenge on, but there's also the element of how many guys are going to want to stay if they play themselves into a position to be able to go elsewhere, right. especially when their, their futures are on the line. A shot at the NFL is on the line going to a, a program that's much more um, prominent and at the forefront in one of those conferences. So I don't know. There's a lot of wrinkles to this, especially considering the current landscape of college football and the current landscape of this program right now. So, right. Well, um, I think in terms of the guys transferring, potentially transferring, I think that'll all, a lot of that will be reflected in. I think a lot of that will be like decided uh, whenever the next coach is hired, um, mm. whether it whether they keep Aguano or they hire um, someone else. And I think um, I do think a lot of high profile coaches would would stay away from this job if they have other options. You know, Auburn open since you um, were last on, but mm-hmm. uh, the name that I've seen bandied about, like in the media and like. People are talking about him, especially up in Oregon. Is Oregon offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham? And the thing with him is he's mm-hmm. young, and he's he, he's from Arizona. Um, went to ASU, was on the you know was a part of the 
uh, Graham staff as like a lower level member, maybe a GA, followed Mike Norvell to Memphis uh, and some other places. And, you know, he, and look, he's, I mean, Bo Nix might win the Heisman this year. Um, so he's like a hot name. And uh, I was doing some reading on him. Like apparently he like injured his, he like tore his ACL as a senior in high school. Um, so his career was over. Uh, and then for like the next three years, he was his high school's offensive coordinator and then eventually kind of moved up wow. from there. That's actually so, crazy. Yeah. Um, so like he, he he's pretty young. He's like 32 or 33, but I think he's been doing this for like 15 years, you know? Yeah. I think my, my favorite part about what I've seen from his performance this year at Oregon is just the growth. You, you mentioned Bo Nix. I watched that first game against Georgia and it was like, this looks it like is Georgia. But like I know, I, I understand it's I understand it's Georgia, but to go into that game and like it's tough. But what what I'm trying to say is like from that point to now, the growth that that offense has kind of like undergone. Right, you could have been demoralized yeah. after that, um, but they stayed the, the course. They're seventh in the college football playoff rankings now, and no, I think they're sixth. Well, are they sixth? Oh, I yeah. thought. Oh wait, you're right. They are sixth. Um, they have a good yeah. shot. They, they, I think if, if there's a one loss Pac-12 champion, I think they're going to get in, but that's a separate discussion. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's all I was going to say. Just the job that he did to write the ship. I mean, you're coaching 18 to 22 year olds. If I had just gotten blown out at 18 by Georgia, I'm like, I, dude, I don't know. And maybe that's why I didn't never play college football, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm demoralized after that. I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. Are we not good? No, you know? yeah. No, to, to, write, to write the shift the way that they did and put themselves in the position they're in, even that game against Wazoo, that game was over, and they came yeah. back and won that game in Pullman. So that's, I mean, that's impressive too. I, the sort of resilience I've seen from Oregon has been impressive. And if he can bring something like that, I mean, you just mentioned it, tearing your ACL as a senior and then being an offensive coordinator. Is, uh, is impressive. That was, that's what you said, right? He was the offensive coordinator yeah. for his team. Yeah. So, I mean, he seems like a resilient guy. He seems like a guy who's going to stay the course, um, which could fare well if he steps in in the midst of this investigation, but. Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned about him, like, um, I would love for the coach to stay for like 10 years and it'd be awesome, but if, if the deal is coach comes in, he has two 10 win seasons, then bolts. I'm taking that, you know? Yeah. And at least I, you're a prominent program. Just, at exactly. least you're a desirable job at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just think with ASU, you just, you need something to just inject life into the program and get, you know, hopefully this all involves Ray Anderson leaving, getting fired, whatever. So more booster money can come in. Um, Anyway, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Iguano has done well enough in the sense that, like, if we did keep him, I wouldn't be super upset, but I also would be, like, I like I, I feel like he wouldn't have a super long leash either, you know? I, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen, especially after that Stanford game, I think. You know, we, we kind of had this, this tone for a couple of shows where we were like, this could happen. You know, this could happen. We were getting a little optimistic. And then after that Stanford game, it was like, 
I don't see a scenario where this happens anymore. It seems like they're going to go in a different direction. I mean, hats off to him for the job that he's done, right? Stepping yep. into this position, doing at least fielding a competitive team in the midst and of that, that Yeah. The, the, the only good thing about the second half of the season has been, look, we're, we're a below average team, you know, we're three and six, but the Bourget and Iguano combination is at least making it be like, oh, but we're going to still score 35 points a game. And we, you know, we may give up 42, but, um, yeah. it's at least like, okay, like I'd rather watch this than be a team that loses 19 to 10 all the time. <laughs> like, right, right. You could be a Northwestern fan. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, like, think of, I mean, look, like, it, I'd rather, like, the UCLA game was a lot more fun to watch than the Stanford game, even though we both lost. Yeah. Um, I I was in Ohio for a wedding, what, like, getting updates on my phone about that game, and it was, it was insane. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, like, has a team ever lost to a team that didn't score a touchdown while also scoring two touchdowns? Like, yeah, that that, seems, I don't know. Probably it's like because it's only two. There's probably yeah. been like a eighteen to fourteen. Some team made six field goals or fifteen or right. Maybe like a safety. Like they made. I I don't admit. Yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's like very it feels weird. unheard of. Like to, yeah. to pull that off because I mean. Wasn't College. there like a playoff game in the NFL a few years ago where the Steelers went like it was in Kansas City, the Alex Smith Kansas City, and the Steelers I think they kicked like six field goals and they won eighteen maybe it was like eighteen sixteen or something. It was crazy. Interesting. But, I don't remember. But Yeah. It, it's one of those things too where it's even more incredible in college where college kickers can be so shaky. Right. To, to hit five field goals in a game. Right. Is is pretty impressive. I don't know how far they were, how far out they were, but and yeah, that's short that's, ones. There were a few like forty yarders, but yeah, still forty yards in college football is like fifty five in the NFL. Right, like right. guys, those aren't automatic in college. I mean, Stanford, Stanford they, all, they, they had a good kicker. That's Stanford yeah, was a good kicker. Yeah, Stanford, Stanford's the kicker factory. So, well, yeah. Um. Anyway. Speaking of Stanford, they actually lost over the weekend to our ASU's next opponent, Washington State. Um, ASU could only score 15 points on Stanford. Wazoo was able to hang 52. So uh, that that should be fun. ASU's heading up to Pullman, Washington to take on the Cougs. Going to be a 130 kickoff on the Pac-12 network. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. I, I think the Cougs I, – I know they scored 52 points against Stanford, but if you've watched them this year, their offense has been just kind of clunky. They're kind of like the – they're kind of like the the college version of the Cardinals where, like, they they should be better on offense, but when you watch them, they just – they're not sustaining drives, you know? And so that's – I feel like that's ASU's kind of window into winning this game is if – Cameron Ward is just really inconsistent, and they're able to get a few stops and, you know, maybe get off to a, a lead with Borgay, but um, I'm not – I'm confident in ASU not getting, like, blown out, but I don't think we're going to win. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, at the beginning of the season, this was kind of my, like, lock for a loss. I think we both said that, um, and it doesn't look any le- – any, any 
look like any less of a lock at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm definitely taking Wazoo in this game. But, I mean, again, there's a lot of it, – it, this is the season where all of the, the silver linings are like the smaller pieces, right? The way right. that this team kind of rallied in the midst of everything that happened. We talked about X Validay. We talked about Elijah Badger. But it's like you can't even get excited for next season because what is this going to look like? Yeah, you well, know? yeah, like it's not. I don't. I I'm not even thinking about next season. You know, like, right? But I'm saying like you can't you can't take anything from this season and say, oh, okay, it'll be cool to see how that develops next year. I mean, right. maybe Borgay, like maybe that could. Yeah, be... Bo- no, I think Borgay. I think Borgay is the. I don't think Borgay is going anywhere. Like, yeah, I mean, he'll be a senior next year. I, he doesn't seem like the guy who would transfer somewhere after everything that he's been through to, to get to this point. It seems like he'll be the guy next year. I mean, depending on the new coach. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess he would be the answer for what you could take from this year and apply to next year and get excited about. But yeah. beyond Borgay, it's like, who's going to be here? Who's going to be coaching? Who's going to be the athletic director? All of these things. It's, it's just such a crazy time of like uncertainty and, and what is this program going to look like, you know, this time, or I True. guess. But I guess August I would rather year. have that than Herm Edwards still being here and being like not even a threat for him to leave and Ray yeah. just being here. And like, it, it definitely feels like there's been some smoke around Anderson maybe leaving soon and, I guess that's what, like, I would rather, like, you have to have the change, like, e- even if it's bad for a little bit, it'll, it might be worth it in the long run type of deal, so. Yeah, I don't know how, you know, I, it kind of seemed like Herm was like, he should have been fired at the end of last year. If his leash, if his leash was as short as it was, and I mean, I say that, but the loss to Eastern Michigan is kind of like, all right, that's where we, we draw the line. But, um, God. you know, if, if, they retain him at the end of next or the end of last year. I, it just didn't make sense, right? You kind of make the move then. Why do you even give? That was the perfect time. You could have hired. You could yeah. have at least tried to hire Kalen the Boer. Yeah, I mean it's it, it was crazy timing. But again, you know, you find a guy who could possibly be your starting quarterback next year. We'll see what happens with guys like Badger and things like that. I don't think. It's kind of rare to see a skill player come back for, you know, a skill player that's performing come back for their senior year. It's kind of like they are their, their fourth year of eligibility. It's kind of like they jet as soon as they're eligible to do so. Um, but maybe Badger's a little different. We'll see. We'll see who ends up coaching this team. There's a lot of will sees going into the last three games of the season, but I think the future for Sean Aguano might be set. I don't think he's going to be the, the guy. I don't think they're going to go in that direction. They're probably going to look for somebody else. Um, but yeah, I guess what what happens with him will be interesting to watch too. Does he go elsewhere? Does he stay with yeah. the staff? Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of it, it's a weird state of flux that everything is in right now. It is, and then it's also like, oh, we have this game against Wazoo, and it's like mm-hmm. oh, the games well. don't really seem as important. No, they don't. They don't. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny in, in your first episode, you're talking about how much like, oh, territorial cup is overplayed, yada, yada. Like I still yeah. have the, I am interested in the territorial cup this year because 
it, U of A had the same record as we do, and they're they're viewed as like going on the upward trajectory, right? Like Jed Fish, they have a better offense, got some got a decent recruiting class. If ASU was able to just beat U of A here, and like I don't know, I feel like that would be a good like a good ending to a bad season type of deal. Um, yeah, I, it's, I will say mentally about the program, but. Yeah, definitely. And I, I agree with that in the sense that it's like the the Territorial Cup in seasons past has been like, why are we getting up for this game? This is so annoying. This is like the, the mediocrity bowl. Like, who cares, sort of? <laughs> but at this point, it's kind of like, okay, who is still the lowest of the low at this point? And yes. I guess, I yes. guess U of A is, U of A is, arrow is pointed upward right now, right? They seem to be at least making steps in the right direction. Yes. It seems like they've got a guy who's going to be a solid coach. It seems like they're, they're working back. Whereas ASU, their arrows are kind of like this in terms of like depth. As of Um, right now. Yeah. I hope that was a solid depiction of the points I'm trying to make. (laughs) Um, But I, Podcast listeners don't get that content. Yeah, if if you're watching, that's what we're looking at. Uh, but anyway, it's more compelling this year for me just because it's like, all right, do, can we at least have this? Because we have nothing else. Right, right. <laughs> you well, know? Yeah, you know, I feel like most Territorial Cups in, like, our fandom as ASU, I feel like it's been a lot of, like, six and five ASU on the heels of disappointing seasons, on the heels of underperforming seasons, yeah, that's what they've and then all it's been. Like, oh, we beat U of A, but who cares? Like, like last did. year's version, like we we beat the crap out of U of A, but like, it you know, it, it was just yeah. it's just a weird way to end the year when the teams are in such different uh, when like ASU was kind of already like I don't want to say failed, but like ha- hadn't met their goals. And then U of A is just like, oh, I hope we can win our third game. But this yeah. th- this year it's going to be like, who's going to go four and eight? And who's going to be <laughs> three and nine? You know? Yeah, it's like, like who is who is going to be in the pit of despair in the state of Arizona? Yeah. And it's like I'm just my rooting interest is like I just hope to stay out of that pit. Exactly. You know? well, it's, and, it's and, and, not so much thing, the rivalry or anything like that. It's just like. Okay, this is the one game that still kind of matters on this schedule. Right. Maybe we end on a good note, and then we just see where we go from here. But at least get this in a season where so many things have gone wrong. Right. Not that well, there was my thought is like good, but yeah, my thought is like oh, like if we were able to win, oh, you couldn't even beat this ASU team, <laughs> like the 2022 Sun Devils, you couldn't beat, you know, so. That's um, certainly an argument you can make. That game is going to be forty-five to forty-two. Oh, it's going to be. That game I, is going to be. I, okay, school. I was I was on Twitter the, yesterday and I saw I was someone had these uh, defensive metrics for every Power Five team and the bottom two teams were ASU and then U of A. Perfect. Like, I believe it. Like that's how we like it. Points. They gave up forty-five to Utah. Like. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Um. That, that that'll be a, a fun game to watch, just because it it it'll just be a scoring it's, fest. It's in Tucson this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, 
again, the mediocrity bowl. It's not even mediocrity anymore. The it's below average like bowl. It's, yeah. The 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 well below average bowl. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, you got anything else you want to? Financial. What? I said the the well below average bowl presented by Desert Financial. <laughs> yeah. Get that get that on the bowl schedule. To be uh, what would be a good sponsor for Desert? Um. The well below average bull. Um, Has to be an Arizona spawn by by uh, the Law Tigers. <laughs> no, it's got to be like the the well below average food. The the like the food that you've had in Tempe that is significantly below average, but you still eat it. You eat it because you're yeah. Um, I, I see in my heart. I'm kind of <laughs> thinking, I'm kind of thinking Geno's. But I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for Geno's, so I don't know. The thing if is I with Geno's, you don't really expect anything. You're just kind of like, eh, it's here. Okay, so maybe we'll go with Geno's there. Yeah, G- yeah. The, the well below average bowl presented by Geno's. <laughs> Not Geno Smith though. Oh no. He's well above average. Nope, he did not write back. He did not. Um, yeah, I, 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 one thing I did mention um, on the last episode was it, it, there's been a little bit more um, just smoke uh, rumors about San Diego State getting added to the Pac-12. Um, what are your thoughts on that, if that does happen? Um, I don't know. I think it would make sense regionally. Uh, San Diego State, with the exception of this year, I think this year's been right. kind of a down year for them. Every time I've watched them, it's been, been bad. Like, for, yeah, for their standards, like they, they, right. I think they went like ten and two last year. Like they were, they were a good team. They put some guys in the league. Um, no, yeah, they were a good team last year. Wait, they, okay, they so there's the a living tar out of U of A last year. Sorry, I was on the scoreboard and I noticed that there is a T Borgay that plays for Western Michigan. Yeah, that's his brother. Oh, okay. So yeah. he has, that's cool. I didn't even know that. All right, anyway. Um, I think it makes sense regionally. I think they're usually a competitive team. It would be, you know, it, it would make sense in terms of you lose the two California schools, maybe add a, um, a, a San Diego State and somebody like a Fresno State a little further north, um, to keep up your presence, the Pac 12's presence in California. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they still have Cal and Stanford, but, in Southern California. Um, in Southern California. Fresno's, I think, a little more central. But still, getting San Diego and Fresno to, to kind of uh, – And they may, they may just add, add add San Diego State, and that's it. Because oh, okay. There's so much more of an obvious option than anyone else that's left, right? Because I don't yeah. – we're not peeling off Big 12 schools, so. No, no, I think – I don't know. I feel like we'll have to wait and see. It'll probably all start to happen, like, right after this season ends. You'll see a lot of reports and stuff start to pick up again really quick. Uh, but the the interesting thing for me, based on, like, realignment and, you know, all of the changes that are being made in college football right now, was I saw that the 12-team format, is supposed to be implemented as early as 2024, yeah. which would mean next season is the last season without a 12-team playoff, which I think is going to be, you know, incredible. I'm so and excited. By the way, I want to say this. I think getting to the 12-team playoff 
is a realistic goal for ASU. Not getting there yeah. all the time, okay? But TCU is a top four team right now. And maybe if you want to say TCU is a better football school than ASU, fine, but they're not like, you know, like an enormous gap better than us, you know, like Oregon or USC or something. It's so. it's realistic, I think, with a 12-team format. 12-teams. I'm not saying 14, but yeah. No, I think with a 12-team format, even if you don't win the Pac-12, it might be a little more difficult that way. But there's a scenario where you could lose two or three games, depending Probably on who two, they lose. Yeah. I mean, depending on who it's to and depending right. on how it all shakes out ahead of you and everything like that. <coughs> there's a scenario where you could get in without even winning your conference. And I think two to three wins, even for the less or the least optimistic fan you'll talk to, I think two to three wins could be like, okay, yeah, that could be like a reasonable, maybe not reasonable, but like the the peak that this team could reach. And with a 12-team format, that peak could end up with a playoff berth, which would be interesting. I don't think – I don't think they'll be there anytime soon, right? but I think once they right the ship, if they make the right hire, if they start to, uh, you know, get back on the right track in terms of recruiting, do all these things, go into the NIL era without claiming that your perspective is to develop players, um, do all of these things. If they, if they play their cards right, I think it's definitely something that could happen well down the line, but it, it's because right now, Thinking about anything beyond the bad boys mower bowl is like a pipe dream, right? So thinking about a playoff berth would be like, wow, that's, that's incredible. So it's cool. I'm I'm glad they're doing that. Obviously you don't want to see like 64 teams get in like to call it the basketball tournament or whatever, but I think 12 for college football is like perfect. I think that's the right amount of teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. So. Uh, I mean, that kind of wraps up my thoughts on that. Um, and yeah, um, don't have anything else to say. You got anything, anything else right, about ASU football? About what? About ASU football. I'm looking through the Pullman weather right now for Saturday. 37 degrees and partly cloudy, Ooh. so not that bad. 37 degrees? What are you talking about not that bad? Okay, like. These are, these are Arizona guys, man. Yes, it's bad, but it's not, let me put uh, yeah okay. It's bad, but it's not like it's thirty-seven degrees and snowy and windy. Okay, yeah. You, the point being that it's just like cold, but not like there's no other elements. It's just, it's just that you know. So the frozen metal, around, like so the frozen metal of all of the face masks are going to be dry when they hit the arms of thirty-seven the degrees. Yeah, dude, those are gonna, it's metal face masks, man. Those are gonna be freezing. Taking one of those in the arm when it's that cold oh, is yeah. like the most painful thing. Getting tackled in that, when it's that cold is like brutal. I feel like you're, I feel like you're overrating how cold 37 degrees is. 37 is freezing for somebody who's used to Arizona temperatures. Okay, but in Arizona at night, it gets down to like in the 40s, so like, that is so false. That is so false. It totally does. No shot. It is currently 55. Okay. I, yeah, not all oh, year wait. round. 
Okay, well, I guess tomorrow is going to be 46. So yeah, maybe. Look, at, look at the lows, 49, 45. Okay, but it wasn't like that last week. All I'm saying, hang on, this is the point I'm trying to make. It will be difficult. Right now, right now in Arizona, we're getting used to those lows. You're right. not necessarily no, right. used to those lows yet. So going to Pullman this weekend and playing a football game in 37-degree weather is going to be awful for a team that is conditioned to play in 10 beats. So, or okay. Else. I, I think it will be disadvantaged. Ugh, disadvantageous there you to go. them. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, but I don't like. I guess my my thing is like you're going to no, you're going to Pullman in mid November. I was expecting it to. It very well could be much worse. Is my point. Like, what if it's 25 degrees and snowing? You know. Okay, like that's if that's not, the point, then I completely agree with you. Yeah. It could be worse. It could so, be worse. That I will that I will concede to you. Yeah, and you know the thing I'm looking for in this game is I just want to see the offense continue to look good and Bourget continue to uh, play well, you know, because that's you know you mentioned we we talked about it like that's kind of the thing to watch this the rest of this these games, you know, you yeah. know because it's not like Wazoo and Oregon State like there's nothing really like inherently compelling about those matchups, um, but I just want to see Bourget you know, continue to play well. And Wazoo's got a good defense. And Oregon State's got a good defense, too. Um, those those might be the two best defenses in the league, which is kind of weird because it's, like, two, like, just kind of above-average teams, but nothing more. Uh, right. So it'll be a tough test for them. Um, and if they can contain the WSU offense, then maybe they have a chance. But I just – it's, it's going to be tough to see them uh, pulling this one out. Yeah, I don't think it happens. I think this will be this will be it in terms of um, the bowl. Well, I guess they could lose. No, you can't. They can't lose this one. No. They already have six no. losses. Yeah, so I guess this will be in the, the nail in the coffin for um, bowl eligibility. But yeah, I don't I don't see them winning this. If they do, I will I will take my L. But I that would be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, I'm trying to see what Utah is ranked. 13. Okay. I was like, I haven't heard anything about Utah in a while. I mean, they've knocked off USC, but. Well, I think the thing with Utah is like, they might be able to win the conference, but they don't have a chance of getting in the playoff because they have two losses. Yeah. And yeah, I... USC and UCLA just have one loss each, so. Yeah, I think I was looking at the, the, the rankings and everything, and it's kind of sad for Tennessee because it's like they can't even, unless Georgia loses, they can't even go to the SEC championship, right? right. But it, it's kind of crazy, and here's an ASU angle for you. Jaden Daniels has a realistic outlook to get to the college football playoff. Okay, I don't think LSU is going to beat. Like, I think it's, LSU I'm is going to There is a map. They don't need yeah. help from anybody. There is a... There's a path in front of them where if they win, a huge if, if they beat Georgia, they will go through the playoff. And so that's, like, sure, they don't need help from anyone, but, like, they need help from a religious deity if they want to beat Georgia, you know? Okay, that that makes sense. But what, I mean, if you look at their remaining schedule, right, you've got, I'm pulling it up right now. No, look, Uh, I can see LSU going 10-2 and playing in the SEC championship game. I just... I don't think they're going to be able to beat Georgia when they get there. So, it's, but the the 
But da- Daniels has played well good. in recent weeks. He's played really well. The the uh, I guess the, right the scenario that Jaden Daniels is within reach of a college football player oh, yeah. is kind of incredible. Well, and w- did you see this? Herm Edwards got hired back on ESPN, mm-hmm. and at first I, I was like, okay, whatever, he's going to be back doing NFL. He's going to be a college football analyst. Like, what in the – like, did well, you guys yeah. not watch – like, what if he has to break down, like, LSU being Georgia? Like, wow. They did a good job coaching him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's, who made that decision, but. I mean, they, everyone likes him at ESPN. Which yeah, and I guess that's where, I mean, he's a he's good guy. He's probably an NFL analyst. Keep yeah. that. Well, I guess he spent the last, what, four or five years in college football, so that's probably I what's know. more relevant at this point but yeah LSU goes to Arkansas which could be tough I mean they're five and four but that's That's a great game that's a road game after a huge win in double overtime and then UAB that's a win probably and then they have like at A&M and then they're at A&M which A&M is a train wreck but I mean still any road game in the SEC yeah that's that's two road games in like places where the fans will show out and yeah, but, I mean, if they can win their last three, and, well, I mean, I don't expect Alabama to lose three games in a season, but. I they mean, might. They, Alabama, dude, Alabama could easily be have four losses right now. Cause they, they almost lost to Texas, and they came yeah. way close. They came pretty close to losing to Texas A&M. Um, yeah, they've got Ole Miss, and I guess Saban kind of owns uh, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Ole Miss is weird. Like they're just not like they're they have one loss, but no one watches them and they're like, oh, this is a great one loss. Like it's just yeah. one of those weird former Pac twelve quarterback Jackson Dart. Um, yeah. But you go through the list and it's like Bama has Ole Miss, Austin P, and then Auburn, and there's not really a loss there. I don't think. They, so, I mean, Ole Miss. They could lose Ole Miss. Yeah, I guess that one's on the road too. So I guess just because I, I think I think this Alabama team just is n- I don't think they're anywhere near some of the recent Alabama teams because they don't have the receivers. Yeah, like that's they've true. had they're first round pick wide anything. receivers just rolling through that place for like five six years in a row. Yeah, and now they have guys that are just like good but not like they're not game breakers or anything. Dude, their their leading receiver this year has 473 receiving yards. That's crazy. Dude, oh, Elijah Badger would be the best receiver on Alabama right now. Which is why I'm like Yeah, and that's yeah, 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 no, you're right. I mean, I'm sure they have some five-star like generational freshman coming in next year. They always do. Right. But their dude, their second leading receiver is Jameer Gibbs with 365 receiving yards. Yeah. No, that's my point. Like, they just don't. I mean, even. Yeah, I mean. Everyone talks about Georgia as being this defensive team, and, like, they have way more receiving options than Bama does, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's crazy. If if Jaden Daniels even gets to play for the SEC championship, I think that'll be. Oh, it looks terrible. Yeah, I think that'll be wild. And there's it looks terrible. And I think it happens. <laughs> I think no, I think I think it will too. I honestly, yeah, 
he they have the inside track. Yeah, and, and, then, and if he plays the SEC championship, then that means even if they lose to Georgia, they'll probably go to like the Sugar Bowl or something. Yeah, they'll they'll still, play in a they'll play in a, a New Year's Six Bowl for sure. But yeah, imagine though if Jaden Daniels beats Georgia and gets to the college football playoff. Well, then, <laughs> transferring from ASU. Yeah, that would be that'd be bad. That, yeah. I mean, I guess it's weird because like I don't really care about like Jaden Daniels, but it's just like. If that it would just be like, ugh, like just in, one, in the one year, one year removed from this program, and he's yeah. playing for a national championship. And like, here's the thing: like, he was bad last year, and it's yeah. not obviously. It's obviously not just because of him, because clearly he's playing a lot better. But that's what makes it kind of worse. Well, it's just annoying. But again, I don't really, I don't have anything against Jaden Daniels. Like, I hope he does well. It's just. It's, I thought it was a little. I thought it was a little corny how he uh, he said he he released a video on Twitter saying he was yeah. coming back and and then transferred. It's like go about your business quietly. Even if there's that seed of doubt where you're like, I don't know if I want to come back. Yeah. Don't fully commit to. I've coming heard that back. from a lot of people that that like if he hadn't put out that video that was like produced, it wasn't like a ten second like, hey, I'm coming back, yada yada like. Uh, then people wouldn't have been upset, but may, I mean, who knows? People might have been upset anyway. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think if he's quiet and kind of goes about it, people are like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense with everything going on." Yeah, but I think well, this is why they should have gotten rid of Herm Edwards last year. And anyway, well, that's enough for tonight, at least for me. Um, Colton, it's been been good having you back on the show. <laughs> Um, Mark, the pleasure has been all mine. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been episode 19. Um, like and subscribe. Rate and review on uh, your local podcasting platform. And uh, go Devils. Thanks for listening. Shout out. Shout out to Reddit. <laughs>